for it to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And Kyle, tonight we have uh, as our guest, uh, this is a guy that I've been a fan of for, uh, man, since since high school. Yeah. I've seen him. I've seen him with his original band. I've seen him with a guy named Rod Stewart. Uh, I just love him. I love this guy. I, I love his playing. And his name is Tony Brock. Tony, how you doing tonight? Hey, good, thanks. That's the that's a hundred years ago. Well, it is. Well, I'm I'm older than I look too. Maybe <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, your original band. Let me ask you this for you're you're originally you're the drummer for the Babies. Yes. you're still the drummer for uh, the Babies. Uh huh. You're a founding member of the Babies. That's correct. Obviously, by the accent, not from our country. No, I'm from London, England, and uh, that's where the babies came from. And you guys were all Londoners? Yeah. Is that a word? Did they say Londoners? They do, yeah. Or in Australia, they call us pommies. I don't know why. <laughs> I always ask this question whenever I have a musical guest on. Was your family musical? Uh, my mother was. She tried to teach me piano mm -hmm. and uh, used to get upset with me when, um, when I couldn't do it, you know. <laughs> I still play piano. I play piano now, and I wish I'd taken everything she taught me. Yeah. All I wanted to do was play drums, you know, and and produce then. And were they willing to get you a drum kit? Because I imagine, I imagine bringing drums into the house that's that's disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to bang on everything as it was anyway, so there was holes in the wall and things like that, but. They did get me my first drum kit, and uh, funny enough, it was uh, it was one of those drum kits with one head on each, you know, so there was no head on the bottom of the drums. <laughs> oh, so the bottom was hollow. Yeah. And you what know. does that do for the sound? Is it louder? No, no it makes it sound terrible. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, Phil Collins does that on his on his top uh, toms, but you know they're tuned correctly. I, you know. I, <laughs> I didn't know. In your bedroom, it's not tuned correctly. No. So, but I had a, I had a band called um, Spontaneous Combustion then, you know, unfortunate name, but um, yeah, we used to practice in their house, so it was fine by my parents, and uh, that's when um, Greg Lake, uh, we met, met up with Greg Lake, because he lived around the corner and uh, ended up producing us. Wow. So, Spontaneous Combustion, you, there was an album with this band. Yeah. I had no idea. Where, I know. Where, where, do you have any copies of that still? Yeah, well, yeah. It's uh, really weird to hear it now, but we were, you know, we went. We were lucky enough to go out on the road with um, Miss Lake and Palmer when they first went out. Yeah. So I was a big Carl Palmer fan. How can and, you not be a fan of Carl? I mean, I've oh, seen well, yeah. I've seen Asia like recently within the last, you know four or five years and he's still oh, yeah he's still got it do you know i've never seen asia but elp we were just in love with i mean we went on the road with them for a year and a half and um my brain's still not right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it did but uh they were fantastic you know they used to speed up every song but that's okay it was excitement you know wow. and uh keith emerson he would uh knock, oh. knock that keyboard around 
Yeah, what he used to do is take all the innards of the B3 out, have them off the side of the stage, mm -hmm. and then get on top of that B3 and rock it and put the <laughs> knives through the keys. And I don't know how he balanced himself, but, you know. He was like the Pete Townsend of keyboards. Oh, he would just destroy it. Yeah. Oh, rock in peace to Keith Emerson. Jeez. I know. He, he was fantastic. He yeah. really was. An innovator. Who were some of your influences when you started to play drums? Who did you look towards? Always. Uh, we had the Backstreet Crawler, and um, obviously uh, my first my first song that got me going, I mean, it's going to sound a bit weird, but it was um, Elton John. Funny enough, I ended up playing with Elton, so, and uh, in a band called um, Farm Dogs with uh, Bernie Taupin, who was singing at that time. So... Uh, to meet up with Elton then was quite uh, exciting, you know. But he knew more about me than I did about him, so. Well, and I did about me, rather, you know. So he he follows everybody. He's just, he's a true musician and lover of songs, you know. And Yeah, I mean, he still he still churns out the albums, you know, every couple of years. He's still oh, writing. Yeah. And those two guys are still together. Yeah. That's a pretty amazing partnership. Burn Bernie Taupin's just, like, outrageous. I've watched him write lyrics, and I would say to him, you can't say that. <laughs> and he'd look at me and go, watch me. And, I, and I'd say, how is that going to work? And then you listen to it mm. saying, and it's, it's, it's there. Well the, well, the thing is, Bernie writes it, and he doesn't have to say it. Elton has to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does, yeah. When you put the babies together, was that, was that your idea? Were you... Were you in charge of the babies? Was it your band? Well, I was one of the, I would say, you know, um, I was one of the original members, so it was, I was one of the guys who would say it was my band. So yeah. it, was, it was you, it was Michael Corby, yeah. Wally Stocker, and John Waite. Yeah. And how did you guys come together? Well, we came together, um, Wally was the last guy to join, and because we needed the guitarist, and... Um, I was in a band called Strider, which uh, used to warm up for Who, for the Who, wow. and um, and, and uh, the Free, and everybody like that in the Marquee Club, you know. So that's where I got, no, where I was brought up from was the Marquee Club, going there and watching that's, Hendrix. And, that's amazing. I know. How much is it to get in the Marquee Club at that time? I don't know. I used to fall in there drunk and then fall <laughs> out of there drunk. So, <laughs> what was it like to see Keith Moon? At the Marquee Club. Oh, it was incredible. Incredible. You know, I've only, I only met the man a couple of times. And then we'd all go down the, uh, the speakeasy. And um, one day he came in and I was down the other end and he just said, Tone! And jumped up on the bar, kicked everybody's drinks off, and then jumped down and gave me a big hug. You know, of course, everybody was like steaming mad because all their drinks had... <laughs> And he said, oh, just buy everybody a drink, you know. <laughs> just, buy, just buy everybody a drink. Yeah, like, uh, so, yeah, sorry, so, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they knew who he was, so he got away with anything, you know. Well, then people probably thought, hey, who's his buddy? Who's this tone guy? That's his, yeah. He's a big buddy. I was too busy laughing, you know. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, we used to go to the Marquee Club a, a lot when I was in a band called Strider. Then, mm -hmm. as I said... That was before spontaneous combustion, and then um, Strider. They came. Uh, Adrian Miller, who was a manager, 
and Michael Corby, they saw me play one night with in Marquee Club and they just hounded me and hounded me because they, they, you know, I do get, luckily enough, I get uh, compared to John Bonham, which is an honor in itself, you know. Absolutely. Um, I don't think of myself that way, um, but a lot of people do, which is, is wonderful for me. But because uh, he was my favorite drummer and uh, they were building a band around sort of a Zeppelin-esque sort of band, you know, and they needed uh, the uh, rhythm section to be like what I what I do. And, you know, so after a while, um, we just uh, got together and it was it was magic from from day one. The four of you. Yeah, three of us. The three of us. Yeah. And then we and then we had to find a guitarist. So we. It was word of mouth mm-hmm. and advertising, and Wally was the very last person to come in, and uh, we we called him back straight away as soon as we finished with him because he was just the guy, you know. We still are. We're like brothers, you know. We we once we lock in, that's it. That's it. So you talk about the rhythm section at that time. John Waite is playing bass. Yeah, How, and no one really thinks of John Waite as a bass player, because he doesn't do that anymore. What, what kind of a bass player was he back then? For the babies, he was fantastic. Because it was, it was we required it to be pretty simple, but mm-hmm. lots of melody. Right. And that's what it, he was good at, was melody and playing simple bass, you know. So that gave me a lot of room. And we pinched a lot of tricks from, say, ACDC and all those sort right. of bands where they would play a riff and then have the snare drum they would leave a hole for the snare drum. So, you know, that's where songs came from. Mm That's where a lot of our baby songs came from. I love that kind of stuff. I know. It It sounds so great. (laughs) Let's uh, let's listen to, this is the the first track from the first Babies album. It's from 1976. This is produced by Bob Ezrin. Yeah. And I just want to play this to give people a taste of what you do. Uh, This is called Looking for Love. just wanted people to hear that drum intro that is so fantastic and i think if people only know the babies from you know the ballads that are hits yeah i don't think they would even know who that band was no i mean that, um, that sounds amazing i know that i remember that day that we did it it was um pretty special mm-hmm. you know not because I'm a little bit older, but we've slowed that one up just a little bit. <laughs> just a little just bit. Just to get a bit more of a, a tasty groove. In fact, we've done that with most of the baby songs, you know, because we were we were just full of energy. And but, Well, I mean, all, all bands <laughs> do that eventually. You got to, you know. Hey, not so much the old. <laughs> <laughs> or was that all, all bands? I said all. Oh, good Did lad. you think I said old? Oh, I thought no, you said old. No, no way. No, no, no way. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, as you do get older, you start 
you know, getting grooves better mm. and things, and I want to go back and re redo them, you know. Yeah. And uh, that one, I mean, I still get recognized for that drum beat from other drummers and other musicians, yeah. you know. And it was, I'm still really pleased with it. You know, <laughs> you should be. It sounds. It's. I mean, look, 2016. It's that still sounds amazing. Yeah, Toto. Uh, Toto just loved it, and they they would crawl on the bus to say hi hi to me, and you know, that's excellent. I know. Now, uh, this is probably a question that you've probably answered a million times, and I hate to ask questions like this, but I have to because I'm really not sure who came up with the spelling of the band because that's not that's not how you spell the word babies. No, well, we didn't want to be known as uh, you know a baby, right? You know, the last thing we wanted was uh, diapers coming up on stage, mm -hmm. and um, you know, filled. Uh, so um, the spelling of it was the next day, but we, you know, we never wanted to be. Um, I mean, obviously, we we put a few away, but when we came up with a name, we were looking for a name because we knew we had the band. Right. And uh, we were in the pub, and uh, we were just going through name after name after name, and, uh, of course, laughing, and you know. Right. And the next day, with the babies just stuck. It looks uh, so cool. I mean, it really looks cool, spelled like that, B-A-B-Y-S. It just, yeah. it looks... I don't know what it is about it, but I love it. Yeah, I. It took us a while to get used to it because people. It was so different. I mean, you call. I mean, when you think about it, being called the Beatles, right? Right. I mean, before anybody knows you, you're called the Beatles, right? I don't think so. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like the no. greatest name. Spelled um, B B E A T, like beat of yeah, the drum. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And that worked. You don't think of the name. Yeah. If the songs are really good mm -hmm. and the bands are accepted by, you know, by your fans and everything, um, the name really doesn't matter. You know, I would, we would, I would have loved to call a name, <laughs> but it got everybody's attention. Yeah, it worked. You know. Now how, how long were the four of you uh, playing around before you got signed to your contract? Um, not long, which was fantastic. As I said, we used to play the Marquee Club and, and warm up for all the top bands that used to come through town. And uh, we were we worked hard, really hard, which has been worth it, obviously. And um, we were the first band to ever get a record deal. This is as far as I know. Mm -hmm. uh, we're known for it anyway. Uh, the first band ever to make a video and get a record deal without the record company even seeing us. We we made a three-song uh, demo video with Looking for Love on it with all sorts of really weird psychedelic uh, pictures coming at us, you know. And um, Chrysalis uh, saw it and said, uh, sign right sign here. Sign them up, sign them up. And then they moved us to, uh, they put us on buses and things in England and uh, we didn't, you know, it, it's, it was sort of just coasting in England for just a little while. Mm -hmm. And then they uh, brought us to America and uh, we never went back because it was, you know, we were accepted here and everybody loved us. So, uh, you know, and the weather's good. The weather is good. <laughs> so have you, how long have you lived in California? 
Oh, since 78. Since 78. Yeah. We came over in 75 and then 76. That's when I um, I first met Rod. Would that be Rod? That would be Rod Stewart? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be him. Um, big nose, we used to call him, but, you know, I've got a, I've got a big one myself, so, I, you know, I couldn't use it very much. Let's... Um I want to talk about and Bob Ezrin did the did Chrysalis Records did they hook you up with Bob Ezrin? Yes, it was their um, suggestion that we go there to Canada and go to Bob's studio. You can't turn that down. Oh no, no. We went there and we did it real really quick. And um, of course, your first your first album's uh, not so hard to make because well, it's, it's hard to get a direction and then find out who you are. Right. And listen to yourself back and then define it. That part's hard and fun at the same time. But you've got two years before that to write the songs. To write the 10. <laughs> so we had a lot to choose yeah. from, you know. And Bob Bob was fantastic and um, he added a lot, lot to us. And um, I sang a song on that record. And then when it came back, it had organ on it and all sorts of things. Hang on a minute. I... I didn't do that, and you know, and I played some keys at that time. Let's hear, uh, let's hear the single from the album, and then we'll hear the song that you sang uh, lead vocal on. Okay. So the single for, uh, off the first album was "If You've Got the Time." Yeah. Let's hear this. What what is unbelievable to me is that this song in the U.S. only went to number eighty-eight. I know that is insane to me. <laughs> that is such a great song. Uh, it, thank you. It's yeah. unbelievable that that's that's eighty-eight. Like yeah. I think when people hear that song, they think, "Oh, that's definitely a top forty hit, right?" Yeah. yeah. I mean, in Canada, I think it was up there in the charts and mm-hmm. few places. I mean, we still play it live to this day. Yeah. Because uh, people want, people still want to hear it, so um, we love the song. You know, um, I must admit, I had to relearn it when we uh, got back together because <laughs> 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 there's some uh, drum parts in there that you can't really pick out. But um, and uh, of course, uh, all the albums I did with um, with Bob and and Ron Neverson and everybody, I did most of the. Um, top harmonies so i was you know which i'm not doing so much these days we got they got you know get the girls we got the girls yeah so they're doing it let's hear uh let's hear though when you could hit the the big high notes with the song called over and over oh that was see that was with bob yeah yeah this is from the first album too this is uh this is tony on uh on lead vocal and when i'm all alone at night The things I've done pass through my mind The thoughtless words, the useless fights I guess I never learned 
You sound like a teen heartthrob on this thing, Tony. <laughs> the girls would be swooning in 76 if they heard this guy singing. Yeah, they got... I, plus, I enjoyed singing, you know. I used to sing in the choir with my mom, and uh, I, I loved it, you know. I, how, do you, how do you get a song on the first album? Like, when you have a lead singer locked in, is it... Do you just say, I'd like to sing this one, and everyone says, okay, cool. No, I just, I just said, move aside, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. It, it, um, it was, it was kind of nice to just have a stretch. I mean, I knew I was never going to be the lead singer, mm-hmm. but it, it's um, for our fans. Um, in fact, now we're going to put um, a song called Silver Dreams, which I, I sang, and I'm going to put that back in the set. But it's not to take away from the lead singer. Sure. Um, it's just a nice break and a different a, a different taste and style. But it's still the babies. Yeah, absolutely. You know. We, you know what? We do have that queued up. This is from a uh, sophomore album, Broken Heart. And this is uh, Tony again on lead vocal. This is Silver Dreams. For the last year, I've been searching I needed someone to believe I'm a gambler With my fortune Trying to keep you up my sleeve When I'm away I feel my heart with dreams So that song, that was produced by Ron Nevison. That's who yes. you guys used on the, the second album, Broken yeah. Heart. Yeah, I've got fond memories of that song. Uh, it's still, well, if you're putting it back in the set list, that's that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm actually scared <laughs> to put it back in. At the same time, excited. And uh, the memories from that, um, I had my uh, first grand, like baby grand piano up in the apartment you know, where I was living. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I just started that that, that riff off and, and the melody and everything. And then um, John Way actually sang the bridge and, um, and put the and helped me put the lyrics together. Uh, but the music's mine, and that was the first time we used a, a real orchestra. You know the whole thing, and uh, it oh, it, it was just magic. The thing I like too is uh, when I look at the discography, uh, you you co-write a lot of these songs too, and yes. it's a, a, you know a lot of bands the drummer doesn't for whatever reason, but uh, I like to see that uh, that you have uh, co-write credits on uh, a bunch of these tunes. Yeah, um, I was much more involved than in in the writing. Uh, now I'm producing, which is wonderful, uh, which is uh, I've always wanted to do that, mm-hmm. and uh, but. So it doesn't give me as much time to write, but I still come up with a, a lot of uh, ideas for the song uh, writing. And um, we would, um, I, cause, because I play piano just enough to write a song, Yes, that's 
you know, I could get my ideas across. And then the guys obviously loved it. And, uh, you know, when I got my first guitar, I came up with a riff that got put in the baby song. And, and you know, just things like that. And Wally and I, you know, he would take something of mine and make it even better. I was more um, involved in the arrangements, even though I did would write melodies and... and um, Lyrics, I was, I always left that to the lead singer because they insisted pretty much. Yeah, and they still do. Yeah, because <laughs> the words are coming out of their mouth. They kind of want to make yeah. sure it's something that they're uh, comfortable with. Yeah, it's the thing you don't, uh, you don't go in that area very much, and um, unless it's um, when you're producing, of course you've got to get in there because the meaning of it and and what it does for people, you know, you could really mess up. Ron Neverson does uh, does good for you guys because you guys uh, you break through with a, a song that goes to number thirteen. Yeah, and Ron. that is a, a song called "Isn't It Time." So let's hear a little bit of that. Falling in love was the last thing I had on my mind. Holding you is a warmth that I thought I could never find. still sounds amazing too Great. i mean sonically that thank holds you. up like like anything else I yeah mean, thank you i appreciate it i love the little symbol work at the beginning yeah uh, how come this, on how come on 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 an album uh, symbols sound amazing but if i'm at a drum kit and i'm playing symbols it'll sound like clatter <laughs> <laughs> it must be that i'm not a professional no it's, it's called being lucky enough to go through the zildjian factory and find the right words <laughs> So are you, are you saying each individual symbol will have a, a different tone? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's the same size and it's the same, yeah, they you, all, you actually have to play them mm -hmm. to find the one you want. Yeah, they can, they can sound completely different. You could have two symbols that were just made at the same time, same size, same thickness, and they'll still have different pitches and different bell sounds. Wow. Yeah. It's, That's it's, a musician. That's what a musician... I don't know that, Kyle. I, don't, yeah. I didn't know that either. And Kyle <laughs> plays drums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good so for you, Kyle. <laughs> what do you play, buddy? Uh, not much anymore, oh. but I had a Pearl Export Series. Nice. Set, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's making fun of you. or <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, it's Pearl. Good, uh, great drums. Yeah. So let me ask you this, uh, Tony. Are you four guys? You guys are a tight knit unit. Are you like a band of brothers for these first two albums? Yeah. Who are you? Um, who are you supporting? You're probably. Uh, are you going out of support? Are you doing some headlining shows at this point after album number two? Uh, after album number two, we we um, we had a pretty good management at that time, and we would go out with um, uh, with Sticks. Nice. Um, Journey. Excellent. Uh, Alice Cooper. 
What was the weirdest double bill that you remember? It was the Alice ba- Cooper. The babies and Alice Cooper. <laughs> both pre- both of you produced by Bob Ezrin, though. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and Alice Cooper himself is one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to be. You know, when I first saw him on stage, it's like who's this scary guy? You know, <laughs> who? What's going on here? And then when I met him after the show. That's when we f- I first met him. For we we stayed out, out with him for a while, and uh, he was the sweetest guy you'd ever want to meet. And I just couldn't put the two together. You he know? got it. He got all of it out on stage. Yeah, that's he it. was. Um, in fact, that was uh, we were on his plane, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget one day the lightning was hitting us, and Wally had a cup of coffee next to him, <laughs> and the plane just dropped drastically and it uh, the the coffee went up in a funnel like straight up and smaller than the actual cup and then when the plane came back up we were holding on yeah. we were white knuckling the seats when when the when the plane came back up it just spread out like a like a mushroom and went over all of us <laughs> you know so uh and uh Alice is just going, it's all right, boys, this happens all the time in this plane, you know. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I think the, pl- the plane was, uh, you know, 40 years old, younger than us, <laughs> or older than us. Well, the, was, uh, the Alice Cooper jet. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, now the reason I ask about the, the, the Band of Brothers feel is because when we go into the next album, um, Head First, you guys uh, uh, lose a member. No, he doesn't pass away. No, uh, Michael Corby. What? What happened? Because I don't even know the story. I don't know what. Why is Michael Corby now out of the band? Well, um, first of all, uh, can I just uh, answer something about the um, uh, the Broken Heart album? Mm-hmm. Is actually my favorite album of all time for for the babies. Mm-hmm. As far as what I've done, um, feeling good about it. Yeah, in, in a sense. And uh, Ron Neverson was fantastic, and I want to thank him for that. So, and you keep him for the next album too. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah. Head Head First was our next album, and um, we turned in the first batch of songs. And Chrysler said, "There's just one missing. It's just not quite good enough," you know. And uh, on that same uh, white piano, I came up with that riff down, 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 down. I came up with that one, and Wally joined me, and uh, out came head first. It was it was incredible feeling at the time, and uh, well, still is. But um, well, let's hear it. Let's hear a little head first. Okay.
hear these baby songs. Yeah. I, it frustrates me that these aren't being played on FM rock radio the way Journey is being played. I mean, because this, that head first, that's unbelievable. Well, thank you. I mean, you. it's, I mean, Kyle, you're a young guy. You're very young. Can you believe the power in that? No, that's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy good. <laughs> yeah, we, we still, I mean, if, if we stop getting that power and, and the energy and, uh, and that rock vibe, as soon as that goes away, we're going to, we'll stop. But, you know, <laughs> when we reformed, uh, it was still there. And yeah. You know, as far as I'm, I'm hitting the drums even harder than I did then. And, um, and we'll be I'm, playing, we'll be playing some of that. We're going to get to that. Yeah. And, um, I can tell you're excited when you talk about the, uh, and I'm so glad that it's just the babies. Like you didn't say we're the new babies or we're no. the bigger babies or the, no. the, the toddlers or who knows what you. No, we're do, we're doing. Um, well, we can talk about it when you're ready. We'll get there. Do, okay. I like to go chronologically. Yes, yeah, it's, it's fine. like my thing. No, that's otherwise good. I'm all over the place. I can't. I got you. But um, I love this out. Now, Broken Heart is your favorite baby's album. I think. I think Head First is my favorite baby's album. We did actually do it. We were doing a take of Head First, and um, it was just one of those moments that we were all just looking at each other and said, this is a take. Mm -hmm. You know, we couldn't stop smiling, couldn't do anything wrong. I don't know if you've ever felt that yourself, <laughs> playing drums, that you get to a... It's like it's almost a runner's high. Mm -hmm. You cannot make a mistake. I don't know what it is, but you just get to that, that, that level... Mm -hmm. And um, you can try anything and it'll work, you know. So we were three what, three quarters of the way of this, we were smiling, and all of a sudden we get out, you know, on the talk back. And, he, and Ron says, excuse me, guys, uh, uh, can you uh, stop a minute? I've got to go take a, a phone call in my limo. And we just lost it, you know. <laughs> I walked through the drum kit and Wally threw his guitar down, you know, and obviously everything turned out fine. We weren't that crazy, but <laughs> we, we did rock his limo a little bit. But um, when we got back in, we, the next take was it anyway, and this turned out to be, it was meant to be, maybe it wasn't as good as we <laughs> thought it was. <laughs> the, um, let's, uh, let's hear the, the, the opening track on the album is a song called Love Don't Prove I'm Right, and this is also written by uh, Wade Stalker and Tony Brock. Wally is wailing on that guitar. Oh, does he ever? I mean, it's, it's just. It's well, I got. I got to tell you, I, I was reading an interview um, about about five or six weeks ago, and even John White said the babies were uh, Wally and Tony. No, that was very nice. Yeah, it was really sweet of him, and um, and uh, well, you know, because he's doing his own thing now, and. He, I guess he realizes that we've got still got the sound, right? 
And Wally ju- just, I mean, we were bad company free. Anything that they did, we loved. And so um, Wally has that melodic Les Paul Marshall sound, you know. He can't get away from it, so, which is good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, I, and of course, Ron Neverson uh, engineered uh, Led Zeppelin, so he knew how to get, get that, uh, that drum sound. Yeah, he, he's got a good pedigree. Yeah, he does. And he knew exactly how to get that drum sound. In fact, most of the drums were done in, um, in, in a house with, uh, uh, up in the hills called the, it was a castle, actually, with uh, a big spiral staircase and then a, um, like a landing. And then off, to, off the landing were rooms. So all the guitarists and keyboards were in the, in the bedrooms and lounges or whatever. And, and would they just run uh, uh, cables all over the house to yeah. to record this? Yeah, it was about six miles away, the actual recording <laughs> studio. No, yeah, no, the cable, we had the rec, uh, record plant mobile. Okay. Which you pull the truck up outside and um, plug it into an SSL. But like, so... Would you play all at the same time? Yes. But, it, but, but you're not seeing each other. You're all in these different rooms. It's yeah. A lot of times, uh, Wally would definitely want to come out. And he, you know, he'd have a long enough cable where he could stand next to me because mm-hmm. we, we need to see each other. And to this day, if we don't see each other and I'm on, live on stage, you know, we're, we don't get out of sync. We never do. But it's just, we just love to watch what each other's <laughs> doing and play off of each other. You know? Well, you're fr- and you're friends. You're, you're I'm going to say it, mates. Yeah, yeah, he is my mate. I call him Mush every day. So, yeah. you guys, uh, you guys get another another uh, top twenty single on it. It also goes to number thirteen. Yes, well, actually, uh, in different charts, they were both of them were under ten. So here, I think you're right. It yeah. went to number thirteen. Yeah, and this is interesting too, isn't it? Time and every time I think of you were both written by outside writers in, in the same team. Jack Conrad and yeah. Ray, Ray Kennedy. Correct. So let's hear a little bit of a, every time I think of you. Before you play it, this seems like if you told someone, oh, yeah, that was a number one single, they'd say, yeah, of course it was. It just sounds like a number one. So let's hear every time I think of you. Every time I think of you, it always turns out good. Every time I've held you, I thought you understood People say a love like ours will surely pass But I know a love like ours will last and last That's that gives me a chill. Yeah, it gives me still gives me chills, which I uh, that's I'm like, guess I'm lucky that way, you know, to still be able to think, listen back, and say I was part of that. You yeah, know? yeah, be proud, Tony. 
Yeah. <laughs> so both the, both of those songs, isn't it, Time? And every time I think of you, were, um, you know, I'm not trying to get out of the fact that we didn't write them, but, mm-hmm. but the, the thing is, um, they were nothing like that when we first heard the demos. Sure. You know, we pulled and pushed and forced them you, into you being... Made a, it, you made it your own. Yeah, make it the babies and, you know, because we still had full-on guitars, you, you know, we didn't mix them up loud enough, I don't think. But then coming up was Wally's solo where he's crying, you mm-hmm. know, just so it still was the babies and uh, we've always had that crying guitar, the big Marshall stacks and um, we've played a lot of ballads, but, and, uh, but of course, head first, you know, all that sort of thing. That's what we're all about. Right. And, um, well, I like when that, you compare it when you talk about it, you know, free and bad company in those bands because it, it makes sense. Then. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Yeah. If you, I don't know if you, I mean, if, you, if everybody knew uh, Backstreet Caller, free and, and all those sort of bands, you kind of get where they, you guys they came would from. get the, where the backbeat like, uh, comes in, mm-hmm. you know, where it's later than the the actual kick drum and everything. It's it's an English thing that we stole from Southern America. We're glad you did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we stole it, and so, uh, but we we put our English uh, slant on it, and uh, that's why a lot of English drummers get hired. Now I don't know if you were trying to avoid my question about Michael Corby, but what oh. happened to Michael? <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe he doesn't want to talk about that. No, uh, no, that's fine. Uh, we we've been talking about it a lot. That was my bad. I uh, f- totally forgot. Um, <laughs> Michael was starting to go his own way mm-hmm. in terms of um, the music and and everything like that. And he basically he stopped rehearsing and playing. We were doing head first. Mm-hmm. When we were asked to go back in by Chrysalis, and uh, that's when we come up with Head First, like I said, Corby was not around. He, he, no, we tried every day to get him out of his apartment. He just uh, said, no, Ron Nelson doesn't want me there anyway. And then it became just worse and worse, you know, in his own mind. Right. And, um, and so he became uh, just an outsider by himself, and uh, we... Unfortunately, we just, uh, uh, you know, the management said we have to let him go. And um, it was a hard thing to do. But yeah, uh, when you start to go, like you said, that he he came and saw you. He yeah, he plucked you out to be in the babies and then to to see him for whatever reason, you know, not feel up to coming in or whatever. That that would be tough. Yeah. You know, I mean, he write he does write a lot of stuff about us and um, it's not all good and um we've done nothing but stand up for him uh, you know to be honest with you he let himself down a little bit and mm. um in this business you can't we had no choice but to uh, let him go or we were going to go down the tubes and uh you can't bring everyone down no we tried we really did try to keep him in the band and um there's a lot of fans still that you know, I still get uh, fan mail saying Miss Corby, but and uh, so do you know, right? But uh, of course, that's less and less because the the gentleman's uh, not been around for the last thirty years. So yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to stand in someone's corner if they haven't continued to produce musically. No, you know, and I don't know. I don't think he's done anything since. Yeah. Um, he's very frustrated with the record company still. Mm-hmm. And uh, to you, be honest, you, you mean know, like legal stuff, money, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I want money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So at this time, now you're a three-piece when you're recording, but when it's time to go on the road, is this when Jonathan Cain and Ricky Phillips come into the, uh, exactly. the fold? Exactly, yeah. And this is, I, I assume John Waite just doesn't want to play bass live? No, he didn't want to play bass, and uh, which is unfortunate, mm. because um, even though it was fortunate because we got Ricky. Ricky's a killer. Ricky Phillips, who is now in Sticks, mm -hmm. and um, he played with Coverdale Page. Yeah, and uh, he was—he's just great at those eighth notes pumping, you know. Yeah. So, and that's just what the babies needed. So, and he looks good, you know. Yeah, I was just going to say he looks good. Yeah, that's that, a, that son that, of, that son of a bitch. Yeah, Ricky, if you're listening, I know that's a wig. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a wig. No. There's no way that's a wig. Um, yeah. And uh, so we. We, um, so Jonathan Cain and Ricky come in and you guys tour the Head First album. Yeah. How did you find those guys? Where, where, what bands were they in that you, that you found Jonathan Cain? And uh, as far as I know, um, I nowhere would know one. And uh, they were just doing bits and pieces for uh, different bands, you know. Mm -hmm. And when they came in, they had to fit in with us you know, yeah. and be in our, in our style. And Jonathan Cain, obviously, is an incredible writer. He helped us a great deal with the with the next album, and uh, he's a great keyboard player too. Now, was it okay that these two guys were uh, these guys aren't British? I know they found that out. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, mixed it in a couple of uh, Americans. I know, messed up. I know, but we did. We we. Uh, we used to have a flag, you know, a couple of flags with the English flag and then the American flag with it. So, but it was know, much smaller. The American yeah, flag was much smaller. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Jonathan, Ricky were 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 a great add to the band. Mm -hmm. uh, looking back to it, it it did change us a little bit. Yeah, you became a little more poppy. Yeah, yeah. and I, which and wasn't it, which isn't bad. No, it's just different. Yeah, because I do so, like I so, do like these next two albums a lot. You do, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, the you know, of course, my favorite is the uh, John Bonham drum sound, right, and that right. sort of went away a little yes, bit. Yes, And the last last two albums. Now, the last two albums, you release you release two albums in 1980. One in January of 1980, and then another one in October of 1980. Yes. What was God, the was, that, was it that close? Yeah, I yeah, guess it was. What was the uh, what's the reasoning on that? That sounds like I don't know. Two albums in one year. I mean. I think we um, we were just on a, on a roll, mm -hmm. you know, and um, both of these are produced by Keith Olson. Yeah, who's were Fleetwood Mac and Rick Springfield and Sammy Hagar. So, and yeah, everybody. So, like I uh, said, Sammy used to come in and listen, and uh, you know, we didn't know who he was at that time. <laughs> you know, we were just a bunch of idiots. So Sammy's also Sammy's also been on the show. Yeah, has he? Yes, I love I love him. He's He's living the life. You've had all my favorites on the show. <laughs> Except for Kyle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's jump into this, uh, to Union Jacks. What song do I have queued up for this one? Well, let's hear Back on My Feet. Again, how is this not a top 10 single? I was so lonely until I met you. Told myself I'd get by without love. Drowning my sorrows, a fight into Mars Kinda felt that I just had enough You light up my face with your jokes and your smiles And the way that you came every night Don't know 
And I, uh, I see that, uh, yeah, the writing credits start to get all spread all over the place because Jonathan Cain yeah. is such a great writer. Can you hear the um, the similarity now between some of the, the babies change the writing that goes, moves on to Journey? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Journey Journey needs to uh, pat the babies on the back because this is, this is where they got Jonathan Cain from, right? You guys were supporting Journey at this time. Yes, we were. We did a whole year and a half of Journey, and uh, I, I, still Steve, uh, I still see Steve Perry every day, not every day, but once a week, And because uh, we're good buddies. You see Steve Perry once a week? Yeah, yeah. Or if it's not once, it'll be twice a week. You know, every other week. People, so. people around the world want to see Steve Perry. Yeah. Is he... He's fantastic. He's a great guy. I've met him. I've met him as a fan. Yeah. And he was fantastic. But I want to Well, he got this bad rap of being, you know, not not such a great guy. And uh, that's... I I don't believe that. It's not. It's absolutely not true. He's he's one one of the... uh, He's a good friend and... uh, I want to hang out with you if you see Steve Perry every day. Yeah, come. I'll bring I'll take you to... I'll bring (laughs) it. I'll bring you in. But uh, from now, I, I heard that because uh, Greg Raleigh left, he left Journey on his own. He wanted to leave. Yeah. And from what I've read is he handpicked Jonathan to be in the band. He did. It was sort of a bit of a a messy, not messy, because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but not controlled the way it all went down because uh, um, John, uh, John Way wanted to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand why... Lee singers can't still do their own thing, but stay with the band that got them there in the first place. Yeah, I don't understand that either. There's, there's still time to do that. Phil Collins did it, it exactly to and, great uh, to to great success. And to I mean, I mean, if if I was a lead singer, it would be wonderful to be able to do my own stuff and then mm. come back to the band that got me there and I love, you know. Yeah, but he absolutely just didn't want anything to do with that. He wanted to do his own thing. And I can understand that to a degree, but um, he sort of had it in his head before I, I knew anything about it. And um, it came down like really quick where Jonathan Kane went to Journey and John said to me, I'm done. And so all of a sudden, and, just like that, your your band is, is gone. Yeah. So Wally and I are looking at each other going, what just happened? <laughs> you know, and... And of course, Wally and I stayed in touch with each other. In fact, we we wrote songs together for the year. The year after that, and enjoyed each other's company. And uh, we still had the baby sound in my little studio. Then he was wailing on that Les Paul, and you know. Did you? Were you? Were the two of you thinking? Uh, well, you know what? Maybe after John does his solo, maybe maybe then he will feel like coming I did, back. That's exactly what we were hoping. Yeah, you know because. And the first, it, the first John Waite solo album is is not any more successful than any of these babies albums. Oh no, no. I mean, uh, you know, a couple years later, then when Missing You comes out, yes, that skyrockets him. But 
after that, for, I mean, he could have easily come back and, and done, you know, some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Missing You's a, a wonderful song, and he's had um, lots of people, including Rod Stewart, every, and Tina yeah, Turner, cover um, it. So you know. many people have covered it. So, uh, he's, you know, he's a lucky man, mm. and um, but we thought he would uh, just be tired of doing his, his own thing and, and want to come back. Yeah. You know, but no, it was not to be. So. Right. But but Wally and I always uh, had it in, a, in our back pocket to put the babies back together. You know, we just, it was, it, it's in our blood. We worked so hard on those on those six years that we were together, you know. Yeah, that would be, that would be the buses. very, very tough. Because oh. it's out of your control. You can't even, you can't control it if someone, if your lead singer wants to go. Yeah. You just like. Well, yeah, because I mean. Where do you find where do you find a guitarist like Wally Stocker, mm-hmm. and where do you and I put myself in the bra- in the bracket of uh, you you can't find a Tony uh, Brock. A, well, you know I don't want to say that. I just said it. <laughs> well, thank you. I didn't. I wasn't trying to get myself up there, but uh, I don't know how you find a drummer that fits in. Let's put it that way. Right, and. Um, uh, that has my style and the backbeat and everything, and um, and there we have John with the soulful voice. Yeah. So with with a pop edge to it, where do you where do you just you don't just go around the corner and find th- those people? Yeah, because you guys, it was you you were doing the ballads, you were doing the pop, and then you were just rocking. Yeah, and the only reason why uh, we had sort of a cult following and. Um, I can see your face now. You're enjoying the songs and appreciate what oh, we absolutely. What, what we did. The um, the credibility we got from that mm. is what's still keeping us going today. I've been lucky enough to do lots of things after the babies, um, but to this day, I still get recognized for being in the babies. I mean, and that's got to be a great thing. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't I mean, get sick of that. No, I I I still answer. Th- um, well, now it's a lot more, but. Before we restarted the babies, I was still answering thirty to forty uh, e- uh, fan mails every day. And you personally answering those? Oh yeah, you yes. answered. You answered mine. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Well, as soon as I saw yours, I thought, "Hello, this, is, this could be good," you know. <laughs> and I'm uh, glad I did. It's fun so far. Well, we we have a lot more to cover. I I do want to just play a song or two from the last babies album on the edge. Uh huh. And uh, I want to play one that um, I want to play one that you co-wrote that I really like. This is called Postcard. You got your case and you're jump into one more uh tony this is one okay. that you wrote it was just you and jonathan kane wrote this and uh-huh. jonathan sings lead vocal on this this is a song called too far gone Steering down a battle, feel the kind of 
pretty good drum song. Well, I haven't heard that for a long time. <laughs> well, I would That's imagine great. I would imagine you don't pull out the CDs that you played on and listen to them. No, no, because you're in there mixing and uh, you know, and uh, you play them for every, every day almost, or at least every other day. And uh, you know, when you get home, you don't want to hear them. But now I'm hearing it. Uh, that's the first time I must be honest. That's the first time I've heard that in about uh, twenty-five years. And how great does it sound in the headphones? You can hear I can't everything. Be- I can't believe we were getting that s- sound then. <laughs> I mean, even though um, I mean, I would I could fix it now. You know, I'd want to make it much better, but it still holds up. Sure, to, yeah, to somewhat. It's got a punch. You know, the drums are just punching me in the chest. Yeah, that's that's what I like. So now the baby's disband for the time being yeah how do you get hooked up with uh, rod stewart rod invited me to uh play with him in 76 or 75 late 75 and um because he he wanted that that real soulful backbeat which i was i love to do and he um invited me to come play then it was right when we it was our first day in canada yeah it's your own you your own band has its thing so you and I, I was, with the, ba- I was yeah. with the babies. Yep. We were just going in, and it, as Rod, I got Rod on the phone, and I'm going into my stu- the studio for the first time. Which one do you pick? So go with your I own mean, thing. I, I had to go with mine, you know. And uh, and otherwise, well, you, that's you would always re- you you wouldn't regret not drumming with Rod, but you would regret not knowing what could have been with yeah. your own, with your own band. You know, you have to when you grow up and you you do lots of different things you have to get it out yeah. you know even if it's not very good you have to at least try and so um we didn't know what we were heading into we just knew we had a good band and and full of we were just full of beans you know and just <laughs> being stupid kids right and uh and so um i didn't speak speak to rod personally for a for though all that time, uh, Carmine was in the band, and um, how do you say Carmine's last name? Is it Apice? Is it Apice? Apice. Apice. Yeah. yeah, we. But Vinny, Apice, his brother, goes by Apice. Vinny Apice. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it's either or. Um, <laughs> I heard that I their, sis- their sister his, says, "I love uh, his it, black cape." You know, <laughs> <laughs> I like his mustache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um I yeah so he's he's in he's right he's like Rod's drummer for years and years and then does he want to do his own thing and so Yeah, he was he was uh Rod's drummer for about uh I guess what 6 7 7 years maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I stayed with Rod for 11 12 years I was with him. You were with Rod longer than you than your previous baby's career at that point. Yes. And um and you were and and probably playing and this is no no offense to the babies probably playing massive places oh, sold out incredible yeah well when the babies uh when i went to um when the babies split up and uh, wally and i tried to uh to put it back we couldn't find the right singer we couldn't find it, it just wasn't gonna work you yeah. know so and there was no youtube you couldn't jump on youtube no. and try to find a guy that sounded like your old guy no not like journey did you not know like they journey find did. so yeah <laughs> find someone that sounds just like steve you know. <laughs> and um we i went to join um eddie money 
for six months. I uh, ended up being with him. I for did six. not know you played with Eddie Money. Yeah. Eddie's the only guy. I'll just tell you that you don't care about this, but I'll tell you, Tony. Eddie was uh, booked to be on the show. And as I'm driving here to meet Eddie Money, he calls me on the phone and tells me he has a flat tire. Oh. <laughs> and then. Uh, where was it flat? He didn't tell me where. <laughs> but he just. He, but he was. And then. And then that was never rescheduled. Oh. And I'm I'm bummed because I am such a huge Eddie Money fan. Like, hey, well, that's his loss. Yeah, thank you. That's his <laughs> loss. Let me but tell you. um, so I know you sang you 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 sang background vocals on Foolish Behavior. Yes, I did. That's that's uh, where Rod and I sort of reconnected, you know, reconnected, yeah. and came back. And um, and then the next album is uh, Tonight I'm Tonight, Yours. Yeah, and, and you play, you play. This is funny. You this play, was awkward because I don't feel really good about it. Did you re-record some drum parts? I recorded um, all all the tracks, wow. and because um, the credits say that you play on everything but Young Turks. Yeah, which and I played. I played a hi hat on top of a drum machine. It says some percussion or something. Yeah, I think. and tonight yeah. I'm yours. Yeah, that's when Rob was into his pop thing with, mm-hmm. the, with the drum machine thing. Yeah, uh, you know. But you're in the video for Young Turks. Yes. Now, the, well, I'd actually joined the band by mm-hmm. then, so um, and I did add a, a lot to it. But um, those two stayed on the album because I mean. It needed drum machine. That's mm-hmm. what it was all about. Then you know, I play. I went in to play one song, and uh, to just to do one song with with Rod in the studio while he was cutting the Tonight I'm Yours album, and um, he just went ballistic and crazy and said that you know, um, I mean, I was a bit embarrassed because was he, he was, saying like this is this is the sound I've been looking for? Yeah, this is, and he said this is the groove and the pocket I. I love and I I I've got to have this and Tony you you got to join the band you know and then you say well, what about and I, what about my come on it's just been, I thought I was coming in for one song and yeah. I know I know we're friends he said I, you know well I'm gonna have to apologize to Carmine but Carmine was there while I was because uh, we that we sang vocals together yeah, yeah. backing background vocals together my Carmine and myself and. Uh, because he's got a pretty good voice too. So mm-hmm. up there when we were doing the falsetto parts, he was really gracious about it, you know? Yeah, and like, I, did, did you have I to think, ask him if you could take the gig? Did you, was it one of those things? Did you have to say, Rod offered me this gig? Well, no, he knew. He did know. Yeah, because he was there at every session I did. Mm-hmm. And that's what that made is, it That is really, very awkward. And, and it's like, uh, Rod, can, you know, it's not that I want Carmine to go, because I don't. Mm-hmm. And... You know, but you're making it really difficult for me to to look Carmine in the face, and uh, you know. And he said, uh, Rod said, um, "Well, I I don't care at this point. I can't. <laughs> Carmine's one of my friends, and he's he, he can be here all, all he wants, but I need you on the track." So, um, I really loving Rod Stewart. I couldn't I couldn't turn it down, and no. Carmine was was okay with it. You know. Yeah. Well, that so would, that made it okay. If good. Carmine wasn't okay with it, um, I wouldn't have done it because I couldn't. I couldn't sleep at night. So it it turned out fine. And then, of course, I we um, to answer your questions about uh, about how um, large gigs, we ended up being in the Guinness Book of Records for in for playing in Rio for playing to the most people 
one time. So that we, must be that you probably can't even describe what a feeling that is to look out and just no. see endless sea of people. It's just yeah. We played to uh, we were head we we headlined both nights at, uh, for at that time it was two hundred and fifty thousand people a night. I mean, to this day, Rod Stewart is still one of the biggest solo acts around, still doing it. So, yeah. but in 1981, it just must have been. He's gone a bit Vegas, though. You know. <laughs> he's a little bit. <laughs> he's he's a bit older than uh, than you are. Though. Yes, he is. He's ten years older than uh, me. Well, yeah. I want to hear. Let's hear a little of your drumming. This is a song from uh, from that album, and this is Tora 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 out with the boys. I saw this tour. This was the first time I saw Rod Stewart was on this tour. Oh, so yeah? I saw, I saw you. T- we've seen each other. Well, I've seen you before, but you've never seen me. Oh, okay. My seats weren't <laughs> that good. Uh, oh. So, we, th- I mean, this did is... Did we sound all right? Oh, yeah. You, it was, I saw you at the Pittsburgh Civic Arena. I saw you oh, yeah. on this tour and the Camouflage Tour there. Oh, Camouflage Tour was pretty good. Yeah. Until Jeff Beck bailed. Yeah. Can you believe that? <laughs> um, we, uh, that was some special moments because you know we we used to do uh you know the pump and, and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing and uh to play with jeff was really special how many shows did jeff actually play on the camouflage tour because he was supposed to play the whole tour yeah unfortunately uh, jeff was jeff was great um you know he um to be honest he had a few mood changes mm-hmm. but um we Little, he, what do they call he, it mercurial yeah yeah and uh the first night he came we had the a ramp around the drums and they were uh, you know the the stage was built like we didn't have a curtain mm-hmm. so the the uh we it looked like we had a curtain in the beginning and then the uh the thing would just fold up like that yeah yeah it would like disappear go, it, would it was disappear. like a, suddenly yeah. we were we weren't yeah, next i remember it was there. really cool it was yeah. like almost like a, an optical illusion or a magic trick it would just go Poosh. Yeah, yeah, it was, and we it, when it worked, it was great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw it the night it worked. <laughs> but like, Je- I mean, Jeff. But Jeff was fantastic, and uh, you know, I used to love love playing with him. And um, first night, he came da- barreling down the ramp and just slid down on his back and almost fell off the front <laughs> of the stage, holding one note, you know, f- mm-hmm. with the feedback. Yeah, I thought, here we go. This is fan. This is fantastic. You know. But unfortunately, um, he doesn't stay with. Uh, I mean, I'm being completely honest with you. He doesn't stay with a lot of uh, tours. Yeah, he likes to bail. So, because <laughs> it was. I mean, it was. Uh, but that was like part of the part of that the promotion for that tour was Jeff Beck's going to be playing with Rod all night long. Yeah. It wasn't. He wasn't opening for Rod. He was just. He was part of the band for this tour. Yeah. No. We used to play, do a half an hour set in between Rods. 
and I had a drum solo as well. So oh, I was pretty. Cool. I was pretty yeah, fit you were then. psyched for that. <laughs> I was pretty fit by then. <laughs> um, let me. I want to play something because um, Wally tours with Rod too for a tour. Yeah, for this got, tour. Um, well, uh, Rod wanted to try three guitars. It's a lot of guitars. It is. There's <laughs> a lot of strings that you know being busted. Uh, he wants to try three guitarists, and so um, you, and you know a guy. You said, "Hey, Rod, I know this guy." Yeah, I just happened to know someone. So we got we got Wally in for a, uh, you know for an audition, and um, of course Wally's got that he's got that thing that Rod, yeah. Rod needs, and uh, and Rod came up to me. So tell him he's got the job. <laughs> Uh, well, let's play. I want to play from Absolutely Live because Wally's on this track too. But this is uh, this is Young Turk's uh, live version. is slamming well i wish the wish the elf version sounded like that <laughs> that's from the cd maybe it just sounds better in our headphones yeah yeah well that you know i mean i mean i wish the the original oh the, oh, the studio version yeah the studio version i'm sorry uh as soon as that song started uh tony and i we had a moment we looked at each other and we both were smiling as soon as yeah, those drums kicked it, in because it's like you can't not love it yeah i mean, I've got, i had to stay pretty straight on that because i was copying the drum machine you know right Ouch. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't make a mistake. There's no, no room for well, error. I, I, hopefully, I don't make many mistakes That's anyway. True. But, you know, uh, of course, I've, I mean, I've made mistakes before, but, you know. Now, the next song I want to play, it's from, you co-wrote this uh, with uh, Rod, and I think the guy's name is Jay Davis. Yeah. I, I, I love this song from the first time I heard it, and it went to... Uh, in the UK, this went to number three, so that must have been very number exciting. two, actually. Number two, this yeah. Is, what am I gonna do? What am I'm I so in love do? with you. Yeah, let's hear this one. I love this song. This uh, this must have been exciting for you. You co-wrote a, a number two single. Uh huh. Yeah. A drummer from the Babies co-wrote a number two single with Rod Stewart. This, a, must, this a drummer. Yeah. The drummer. Yeah. Well, again, because I always say, you know the, the, the one in the back. The one in the back uh, <laughs> co-wrote. What was it like writing a song with Rod? Ah, uh, fabulous. 
he's very um very picky and i mean that's why he's kept it all this year all mm. these years i mean he's um very professional and uh his style is to is to keep everything the quality up you know and mm-hmm. uh, again our live version i think is better than that so he would be a little bit safe in the studio mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't like that so much. I mean, there were, it's nice when you when we got live. I could I could take off a little bit. Really and cut loose. Should, that should have been on the studio albums. Yeah. You know, but Rob was going more for the the pop thing and the making sure it was in the top ten. Yeah, trying to get a hit. Yeah. So, but and he, well, and he knew how to do it. He knew. Yeah. What was up. now the video? Well, Jay Davis, who's the bass player mm-hmm. at that time, a week we actually got together and wrote and wrote most of that and uh, Rod wrote the lyrics and then um, we brought it in and uh, Rod did a great job on it and we were pleased that it made it because yeah. we, we'd written song after song after song that was rejected and then to get uh, chosen as a single as one of the singles yeah uh, the second it was Baby Jane I think was the first single oh I love playing Baby Jane Baby Jane's a good tune and then um, and this album was produced by Tom Dowd. Yeah, who oh. who's who is no longer with us. I'm pretty sure. Rock and no, Peace. No, he's Dowd. not. Produced, man, what produced, a nice man. And produced some great Eddie Money albums. He did. Yeah, he's a, he was a lovely man. He really was. He, you'd walk up. You'd walk up. Was to he him. like an English gentleman type of a yes a, a guy? Yes, okay. he was. But you know what? You felt as soon as you got close to him, like secure and sort of. Like he, he already loves you, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know what what it was. But was he fatherly? Yes. Okay. Probably f- probably how the Beatles felt about George Martin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's how we felt about Tom, you know. And it was sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. I think I only did one album with him before he before Rod stopped using him. So it's a shame. Before we move on, I have to talk about this the video for this song. Oh. Because <laughs> I, I, I watched it, I just watched it the other night and I said to my wife, I go, watch a little bit of this video. And then I said, this was, it, this was someone saying, let's rent a yacht and get some booze. <laughs> That's what I felt this video, because it's just you, it's just you well, guys. I think you're wearing a captain's hat and yeah, you and jump I've, off the boat at one point. I mean, it's just you guys having a blast. It looks like this was the best Time ever. Yeah, my bum was in the air at that time, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was there a, was there, it sounds like these Rod Stewart tours in the 80s, there's a lot of d- debauchery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, even, you, you know, guys look it, like hooligans. I mean, we you guys were. look like a bunch of just anything goes at any time of the day. I was, you know, what uh, I kind of think of it this way. I was the last one to leave. Uh, the Rod Stewart group, we group because that's we were our, yeah, yeah. RSG. It was called the R, uh, Rod Stewart group, even mm-hmm. though Rod is the lead singer yeah. and takes, you know, the limelight. But um, but we he were needed the you Rod- guys. He needed to have that band of brothers with we him at wouldn't that point. E- we wouldn't even let him have his own dressing room. <laughs> he had to come in and be with us. So you're saying on stage, Rod Stewart is out front and center, but backstage, it's it, the guys it's, are all together. Oh well. You know, if someone wasn't with us when we we always had a the best restaurant. Rob would always make sure the best restaurant was open for us after every show. If you didn't go, look out. You know, <laughs> you you know you'd, you'd be in big trouble. I mean, we had a we had a whole team called um, the Sex Police, <laughs> and we had um, we had suits 
and uh, you know, sergeant signs mm -hmm. and uh, and sex police on the back. You know. Now I don't want to get you in tr any trouble. At this time in your life, are you a, are you a married gentleman or a single gentleman? I'm married. Is that uh, are you still married to that same woman? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, she did well to stay by me with through through all those years. I mean, I was a good boy. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I must say that I was a good boy, and um, and she, but uh, you know, she was lucky enough to go with me to uh, when we did um, that video in in Paris in Cannes. We did that video, and um, I was the only one to stay on that boat afterwards. <laughs> Because you know, no one wanted to stay on it. But I love, I love boats so much. I, uh -huh. I stayed on it that night. But afterwards, we made a fire, and uh, we would jump. I mean, I don't know. The alcohol was just pouring. <laughs> I, every day it was pouring, and I think it was. I think we were drinking sake. It was called sake madness. So <laughs> the drum kit went in the ocean. The Guitars were on, you know, keeping the fire going. Oh my god! The, like, the fire's on the boat. No, on the beach. Okay, as good. We, I was well, like, after we finished the video, oh, right. you know, I was like, they didn't build a fire on the boat, did they? No. <laughs> but uh, Rod's uh, Rod's wife came and got him and took him off by his ear. So, and uh, which wife was that at this point? Is that Kelly Emberg? No, no, Kelly was after Alana Stewart. Then. Yes, Alana. Yeah. Uh, Kelly was wonderful. I, did, I used to love Kelly. You know, she's another warm. Easy on the warm, eyes. Oh. <laughs> you know, I had to look at it every day. I mean, that's not fair. Let's, uh, I want to get into uh, to the reformation of the babies. I do want to play a, a song. I had a bunch of songs queued up. We'll do, apologies to some guys have all the luck. I was going to play Love Touch, which is kind of a uh, a cheesy song, yeah. but uh, but it was a number six, number six hit. But this song uh, is off the self-titled Rod Stewart album, and this is a song you co-wrote too. This is Ten Days of Rain. Oh, yeah. Let's listen to this. Wind cries out on the boardwalk, oh God, it's cold tonight. Somewhere in this city Someone's holding her time He's telling her she's beautiful Touching her long blonde hair He's found out all the secrets We swore we'd never share Ooh, it drives me of her with him Come back baby Come back home again Ten days of rain Ten days of rain Ooh my heart is filled with pain Will she ever come back again Ten days of rain and this was uh, this reunites you with Bob Ezrin produced that album. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I remember what Bob. Maybe there was a lot Bob, of uh, Bob, uh, alcohol flowing, Tony. Yes, there was. <laughs> I've lost a few brain cells. That's a um, that's a lovely song. Oh, thank you. And I think that's a kind of a, a, a very underrated 
Rod Stewart album. Yeah, you Pe- never you, you never hear anything. You never of hear a, a Ten Days of Rain no. played anywhere, and I no. and it's one of my all time favorites. I'm proud to be part of it. Whenever I play a song like that on this show, my hope is that as soon as people are done listening to this episode, they go to iTunes and find that song and and buy it. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right, because I try to play. I try to play songs sometimes that I don't think people have heard, or they're like, "Oh my God, I've never heard that." That's good, song. yeah, because you know, if everybody just jumps on the bandwagon, mm-hmm. and you know, no one gets to hear anything new. I'm gonna play uh, a colossal Rod Stewart hit that you played on. It's from the uh, the follow up album, Out of Order. Yeah, and uh, he's playing around with. It. He's using different drummers on some different. He's using you and Tony Thompson. Oh yeah, we did. because uh, yeah, you used uh, Tony Thompson. I was leaving the band mm-hmm. then, but also Andy Taylor is is yeah. producing, and they were in Power Station together. So, but you did uh, to I did a whole of the the B side, and, mm-hmm. and Tony Thompson did the whole of the A side. So let's hear Forever Young. This is phenomenal. Thank you. a game in my head sometimes I try to think of songs that I think that universally everyone would like right and I put this one on that list because I just feel like Forever Young is a song that how can you not like it oh, I mean yeah. it's so good right I thoroughly enjoyed recording that one what can I say I'm, I'm really proud of it and mm-hmm. uh, it was magic just just to even be part of it it didn't take that long to record, and they're usually the best. But you know, mm. it was like a Rod Stewart wrote Maggie May on the back of a cigarette packet. You know, in five minutes. Maggie May. I don't know if I've heard. And he that still, one. yeah. He, <laughs> he still forgets the lyrics. What was uh, what was it like working with Andy Taylor? Because uh, I understand he's a kind of a crazy, yeah, drinker at the time. He fitted right in. Because I what I what I've read is that maybe it was in Andy's book was that he didn't. He didn't go on tour because he was afraid if he did, he might not make it through the tour. Seriously, he might right. not make it. Yeah, not not like being not. A, I'm not saying that as yeah, a joke. Yeah, well, he, the, the credits at the end, Rod says, "My favorite drinking buddy." Yeah. So, uh, I mean, when we went the, through the whole um, time I was with Rod, it was we did drink an awful lot. We even had our own bar mm-hmm. in the, in the studio. But now, if you just have wine, it's it's very civilized. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, since I've uh, I've uh, I've grown up and uh, and got got there, you know, the baby's back together again. Mm-hmm. I need I need to be a bit more uh, in control. So I I've uh, I no longer partake in the uh, 
the avenue of pleasure of alcohol, but not at all. No. Okay. And just because um, it used to be fun, mm-hmm. and I think I did too much of it. No, I mean <laughs> anyone. Know? I mean no one. I mean. Look, Kyle, again, you're young, but you don't drink now like you drank in college. No. No one does. I mean, you just, you know, and we'll say that the Rod Stewart days, that was that was your college, Tony. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but we always, you know, English people just drink from the time they're born, you know. <laughs> Even even when the when you've uh, when a woman has the, the, their baby, I'm told that the uh, women get a pint of Guinness to put the, <laughs> to get the iron back in the blood. You know, but um, no, we we've always we always drank a lot. But when, one thing we never did do was uh, mess up on stage because we were drunk. So. The drinking happened afterwards. It drinking, uh, we drinking. Listen to me. The drinking. The drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the drinking uh, began at the beginning of, of the first song. I mean, okay. we'd always have a toast for each right. other before we went on. But you didn't. We'd get, always have our brandy and, uh, you know. But you didn't get blasted while you were on stage because you. Can't, it would gently, gently creep in. <laughs> so by the end of the set, we'd be blasted. Yeah. <laughs> And then we got dinner and... Uh, but you know re- what? By re- the end of the set, maybe the audience is blasted too. So everyone, everyone equals everyone out. No one knows... Uh, they had no choice. Wiser. They no. were looking at us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to jump into uh, the reformation of the babies. I do have one question for you though. When, um, when Bad English comes out... Yeah. And you, you see that album cover, you're in a record store, you see that and you see, you see John Kane, Ricky, and John Waite. Yeah. Do, in your head, do you go, that's, that's my band. There, why, why I, is my band? Why am Why am I not? Why isn't this a baby's album? I did think that on the you know immediate mm-hmm. immediate t- uh, thing that I heard that because that's, that's what I felt. That's what I felt as a baby's fan. I'm like, why is Why don't we? Just- but see, Wally and, and I were not part of it, so it sounds mm-hmm. nothing like. No, it the does babies. not sound like the baby. It sounds like an American all time uh, American uh, band. Yeah, or, it's like a almost a little metalish at times, and it's you know. Yeah, very bombastic '80s style drumming on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but it, as far as I understand, uh, it, it was, you know, I mean, to me, it was just a put together band to make, right. make some money. Uh, I mean, I maybe they'll get mad at me for saying that, but uh, well, Journey, Journey was not active, so right. I think John and Neil probably had songs they wrote, and and then John said, yeah. well, maybe we get. Jonathan Cain said, why don't we reach out to John Wade? And I mean, I guess that's, it just came together like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course we all do it for a reward of mm-hmm. some money, but you know, cause we have to live. Right. But you have to do it because you love it. Yeah. Otherwise you, I mean, there's, there's no point. It, every, everybody thinks we live this life, you know, but it's so, it is, it drains you and you know, is a lot of hardship that goes behind all that, right? That that good those good times. So sometimes you know you, you just had to have a have a drink just to uh, to get by, and um, that's no excuse. Uh, right. But um, um, it's it's all it's all good. But no, I I'm, I'm with you. I was surprised yeah. that I wasn't asked, or I didn't know anything about it till you know it's there, and you're like, wait a minute, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, but it, that would be I'm a weird kind feeling. Of, I'm kind of um, happy that I, I, my style of drumming wouldn't have, wouldn't have been uh, right for that band no, anyway. Not, so for their, they, not for their songs. No, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. And Ron Neverson, uh, again, produced it. So, he, you know. Yeah, Richie Zito produced the first one, and then Rod Neverson produced yes, the second one. Yes, that's album. correct. But by the by, the time the second one came out, they were they had disbanded. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened, but yeah, I, I think John, either. I think John wanted to do his solo thing again. Wait a minute, that happened one time before. <laughs> um, so, yeah. uh, what happens in the from the time you stop working and touring with Rod? Is that when you open your up your studio? I wanted to produce. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I lo- I've always loved it. I've always been creeping under the board, pushing the drums up, you know, mm-hmm. in the mix and all that sort <laughs> of thing. And um, I've not, I've never been opinionated, but I have my own ideas. Mm-hmm. I try and be be quiet, you know. Sure. And you, could, you, you just don't, you know. I I just don't like big-headed people, and you know, and people that shout a lot. So, it I've noticed how Ron Neverson and uh, Don Gaiman, who I Ended up producing the next ba- uh, person that I'm going to talk about, uh, which is Jimmy Barnes. Oh, from Cold Chisel. Yeah, down in Australia. Now, he's Australia's number one male singer. He's like Springsteen in Australia. Oh, unbelievable. And he was he was the first one asked to join ACDC, because that's what type of voice he has. You mean after, after Brian was let go? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, I think it might have been before. Okay, I'm not sure. He would be. He'd be a great fit. Oh, for ACDC. yeah, but see, but uh, Jimmy's such a, a superstar on his own. He doesn't. He, he doesn't need ACDC. No, he he. Besides, he he's, he uh, likes to do things his own way, you mm-hmm. know. And he's a he's a lovely gentleman, you know. And he'll he'll do anything for anybody. That's always a mystery how how a guy that's so successful in Australia didn't couldn't break here in America. He's got a cult following here. Yeah. You know, he can still go to uh uh three thousand seater and fill it up. Sure. And um not everywhere in America obviously, mm-hmm. but especially in, in Los Angeles, you know, yeah. he'll do the House of Blues when it was going and yeah. um he you know, three quarters full at least. So He's done very well for himself. Absolutely. We, well, I jumped. I went over there to produce um, Jimmy, and I co-produced with a guy called Don Gaiman, and who uh, produced uh, a lot of the Mellencamp albums. Mellen, exactly. Yeah. And some and REM. Yeah. Yeah. Great and, producer. And um, and several other bands. You know, um, he's he's got great ears, and I learned a lot from Don. And uh, we co-produced. Um, well, I was associate producer on some of them, um, but we we did a um, solo album, which I'm so proud of, and I think that's the best album I've ever played on. Every take is take one from the drum. And this drum is the Jimmy Barnes album you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I got I got to produce um, various other people down there. Um, did you work with Keith Urban? Yeah, I produced Keith Urban's first uh, first two songs. Uh, while I was with Jimmy, and um, of course he he wasn't country then. No, and um, he didn't show any signs of being country. <laughs> we were doing a pop, couple of pop uh-huh. songs, and uh, they turned out really really well. But um, 
The next thing I know is he's doing country like no one's business. I don't I don't know how an Australian did that. Yeah, he's like know. the country Bon Jovi. Yeah, <laughs> boy, can he play guitar though? He's got a he's got a great voice, and he looks good. He's a wonderful musician. Yeah, great hair, the whole deal. That son of a bitch. I oh, know he's got the whole. Oh. He, he's just you know. Oh. Makes me feel sick. He looks looks that good, you know. Anyway, um, so yeah, I did did do Keith Urban, and uh, Jimmy was, uh, we had seven number ones uh, albums in a row with Jimmy, and that took up seven years of my life going back and forth from England to That's I mean it. from Australia to. So America. what's what's great about you is you you keep working in music and you keep being successful. At music, whether it was whether it's behind the drum kit or if it's behind the the, the twiddling the knobs, yeah, as I say, yeah, and uh, I'm good at twiddling knobs. And you got, um, <laughs> and you probably have some, uh, you probably have some golden platinum uh, albums hanging up from all your endeavors. Luckily, I do. There's a few that I didn't receive. Like, I mean, believe it or not, uh, the babies. I have no babies. Uh, I know. And uh, it's, we it's, we definitely went gold, but there's a uh, something fishy is going on there. Does do do any of the babies have a gold album or, or no? Have they just not been awarded? No, they've they've just not been awarded, and uh, they've not been accounted for correctly. So yeah. uh, uh, I don't. That's all I want to say about that side of it. But but it would be nice though to have a, a, a it a, would a gold album from your yeah first band. But I've got, you know, I have, I have all the Rod Stewart albums that I played on, and um, Jimmy Barnes, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, um, after Jimmy, he needed to move on, and so, so did I, you know. Mm-hmm. And we still lo- love each other to death these days. And every time he comes over, we see each other. And in fact, he's just had a birthday, so we saw each other. And um, that's when, like, three about three years ago, um, I was speaking to Wally on the phone. I said, "Why don't we put the babies back together?" You know, and he said, "Also, he said, well, I was going to say the same thing." <laughs> and I said, "Well, you know, it sort of happened at the same time." And and I said, "Well, I'm not doing it without you." And he said, uh, "Vice and vice versa." So um, at that time, I had a going back to your question. I had a, a studio called Silver Dream Studios, and you still have it. I still have it's in it. Chatsworth in Chatsworth. And you go online, silverdreamstudio.com. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful facility. And um, I love the, I've, I've sort of taken some of the, all the old stuff, like Jeff Lynn used to use, mm-hmm. like a Soundcraft board and Neve uh, units, all the old. You have a Neve board? No, I have a Soundcraft board, but okay. Neve outboard gear. So it goes oh, okay. through the Neve first and then through a Soundcraft board to get that sweet. English top end that we call it, you know, because that there's that nice sizzle. And did you record the uh, the most recent Babies album there? I did. Excellent. And uh, in fact, we brought the Soundcraft board in just for that for the album because uh, before I was just using Neve, and um, now um, I double double EQ everything. So that's the, that's why they it has a nice gloss to it mm. and smooth sound, which is what I was going for. To this day, I'm proud of it, and that's the one album that everybody left me alone. You know, and <laughs> you got to do your own thing, yeah, and uh, and still write and still write and arrange and play drums. So, but is are drums your still number one passion? Yes, but uh, I think 
producing. It's like it's right catching up. All right, right up there. So you and Wally talk on the phone. You want to put the babies back together. I, I assume the next question is, do we call uh, John Waite? We did. I called John. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had his email address, so I emailed him. He said, no, um, I really don't want to be part of it. Sorry. And um, I tried and tried like I did when we broke up mm-hmm. the first time. Yeah. I did for weeks, kept calling him, bugging him. Saying, you can do your own thing. Just keep us going. Yeah, you let's know? do this. We need one more album now put us over the top. Right. And uh, so I emailed him three or four times, and then the final one was, uh, Tony, I'm really not going to ever be part of the babies again, so I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. And, he, you know. And so that was, the can, de- that was the definitive email. That was. And so you're like, all right. I get it. That, I'll move on. Yeah, I'll move on. I've but got, I, I, I would have been like you too. I would have look when I sometimes when I'm trying to get a guest on here, I, I continue. I would go after the guest until they literally say <laughs> no, because <laughs> I'm very you know. I I, call, I feel it's persistent. I don't think it's being annoying. No, I think it's more persistent. And and you you know you had to. You I know was, what's funny is if you and if you and Wally would have just gone off and done it and not contacted him and he sees this product or that you guys are playing, he might have been, wait, whoa, why wasn't I? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So but, you did the right thing. But we wanted to keep, I want, uh, me especially, I wanted to keep it sounding like the baby. Right, of You course. know, and that's, that's why John's uh, said uh, the, the babies were Wally and Tony. As far, and I think he meant also almost the, the sounds the sound. of what, what we get. And Wally and I, to this day, when we started making this record, we just locked in and had big smiles mm-hmm. across our face. And it sounded like we it was was my job as a producer to keep it sounding like the babies. Not copying, right. but having that same, uh, that sound, same just, bluesy sort yeah. of earthy It's like when you hear soul. In, when Jeff Lynne does an ELO album, it, it's got to sound like ELO. Right. Do uh do calls go out to Ricky Phillips or Jonathan Kane at this yes, point? Yes, I, I I called both of them, and of course uh, uh, Jonathan is doing so well. Yeah. There's no way he's going to come back to right. us, and and they're just going around and around doing the the songs that they're famous for. Yeah, the great, same uh, sticks. They even call him uh, Neil Sean calls him the the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I brought Neil down to um to play with Jimmy Barnes. That was fun. Neil was a great guitarist. Yeah, crazy. He was, he, he was awesome on stage. You know, so um, so um, it's so now you and you and Wally know. Well, it's it's just the two of us. So now yeah. let's find let's find the other babies. Yeah. Now you you got to realize that Wally is in Florida. And, and uh, what has Wally been doing for all this time? Like well, I know what you've been doing now, but what what yeah, is he? He's, he's been in um, air supply. Oh, okay. And um, he played with Humble Pie, but he was ready. Of course, yeah, definitely. He was definitely ready, but I had to get him get him in from Florida. And Does he still live in Florida? No, he's out here now. No, we got him. We All got right. him here now, and he 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 wants to come back anyway. Yeah, and, weather, uh, no humidity here. No, <laughs> no. So where do you find these new guys? You find your the current lead singer. Yeah. And bass player. John Basaha, yeah. This guy's another good-looking guy that makes me want to hate him. 
<laughs> I tell him every day that. Where know. do you where do you find this gentleman? Well, we had a um, a couple of days of uh, auditions, and it was all mostly word by word of mouth. And and do um, they know they're coming to audition to be in the babies? Yeah. Okay. The moment we uh, mentioned anywhere that we're going to put the babies back together, and they knew um, Mr. White wasn't going to come mm. back, but I had. Around the block from from Silver Dreams, uh, uh, singers come out of the woodwork. Wow! And were some of these guys um, John Waite soundalikes? Were they trying to sound like John? There's not many people that can. Well, that's true. And uh, yes, they were trying to, but they uh, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of good-looking guys again. But um, I had uh, John Pasaha really was starting to get upset with me because I got him back probably about eight times. (laughs) He's like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, and he knew he wasn't doing anything wrong. It's just that I had to be so certain. And uh, I put him on on my GoPro and at the same time as he was singing, every time I think of you as one of the songs and head first, I had the backing track playing and I'd make them, uh, all the auditions, sing to the song. And... uh, had the GoPro running, and this for, this is for the eighth time that I've had him back because I knew he's just, I just knew he was the one, but I had to make sure because it, you know, yeah, you just do. I mean, it's my life on the line here, and everybody else's, of course. But so I'm videoing him, and it it just it, this is the guy. He sound I, and. And uh, when John kept singing, he, you know, he was showing me all the, telling me all the things that he's done. Was it a, was it a prerequisite that he also had to be named John? <laughs> was that what, was that you have to be named John? And yeah, his 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 real name is uh, Pete. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's hear you guys. The first thing you did before you released the album, you dropped a, a single that isn't on the album. Yes, a song called "Not Ready to Say Goodbye." Exactly, and this uh, very much has the baby's uh, feel to it. So let's listen to this. We hear this new John sing. When you were around, you know you meant the world to me. There were easier times, or at least that's how it seemed. Might have to work harder now But that's the life we chose You helped me more than you'll ever know More than you know That's the sound. Yeah, I'm proud of it. That's the baby sound. Yeah. Why, did, why didn't this go on the album? Why did you guys leave the well, song off the album? It's coming, we're going to release it as the next single. So uh, we're going to put a new video together and okay. release it as the next single. Hopefully going to uh, just do a, another um, recut of some of the songs okay. and put a new new version of that album out. I mean, it did, it did pretty well. Mm-hmm. But You think you could do even more? Yeah, I yeah. mean, and we want to recut some of the old baby stuff, not to get away. We're, I mean, we have Joey Sykes, mm-hmm. guitarist in the band. And that's the band right now. It's uh, it's 
Tony Brock on drums. Uh-huh. Wally Stalker on guitar. Yep. Joey Sykes on guitar. Yep. Uh, is Wally considered the lead guitarist? Yes, he is. Absolutely. Yeah. And John Basahi on Basaha. Basaha. B-I-S-A-H-A. Your last name is so easy for me, Brock. Yeah, I wish that was my first name. Then you'd sound like a Flintstone character. <laughs> I don't want to wear. I want to wear a cowboy hat and be called Brock. And the yeah. girl, the girls in the band. You got a keyboard player too. Yes, uh, Frankie Sagliati. He's just. Is he Italian? A little bit. Okay. And then you've got. <laughs> and then you've got a couple of a couple of uh, uh, women singing the background vocals. Yes, we we have Holly and Elisa. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly is John's wife so um she's the blonde yes that that's a couple that is having some gorgeous children oh incredible yeah, yeah. this is a crime this is like well, a barbie and a ken doll i know I literally know. but they did you know they don't um they don't go around doing the uh paul mccartney thing you know they right <laughs> that they, they're, they're well, when, when they're i saw you guys incredible. perform I, I would have never thought that they were a couple they were no they were professional on stage and then Backstage, whatever they do, that's their business. Yeah, I mean, even if they did, I wouldn't mind. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, she she's gorgeous, and so is Elisa. They're the babettes. They they keep us mm. laughing, and and the way they shake is uh, <laughs> it keeps me playing those drums. So let's hear uh, let's hear a couple more songs from uh, from the babies. This is from their 2014 release. I'll have some of that. Let's uh, let's hear every side of you. Kyle, let's jump right into one more. Let's hear uh, You Saved My Life. We like to go out, disappear into the night. Smoking and drinking and doing whatever felt right. Eventually wake up, finally straight up to find. You're looking just to be alive. Could I just Great. tell you about the the um, like a lot of these riffs? Mm-hmm. Uh, what Wally and I wrote thirty years ago after the baby split up. So Wally comes in, and I mean, I I knew, knew some of the, the the bits and pieces because yeah. I had them on uh, ADAT at that time, you know. But if you put an ADAT in now, it just goes sorry. You know, <laughs> who are you again? But Wally has them up here. No, Wally's got them on a oh. little cassette. And even that and it, now, and where do you play, yeah, where do you play a cassette nowadays? And it's got this horrible hum through it and everything, <laughs> and and you know because he used to come in, I I would work uh, every day in the studio. Wally come in and we 
put another song together, get a different singer in to do it, you know, trying to write songs for different people. And I ended up putting some songs on Baywatch and and um, all those shows. So uh, we had this cassette just full of our ideas that we did 30 years ago. So you can, as you as you listen to these songs, you can still hear yeah, the, the foundation frame, frame of yeah. mind we were still in. And, uh, and that's can, what that's what the fans want to hear. Yeah, that's what they want. They so want. that made it a little bit easier for us. And because, uh, but Joey Sykes is, is an incredible songwriter, and um, we, you can hear John's uh, vocals. He's not trying to sound like John Waite. That's just his natural soulful yes. self, and, and uh, that's good. Yeah, because then he, you know, he's just a conduit for the music now. Exactly. He's and not he, trying he, to. To be an imitator, right? And hopefully, as we go on, he's just going to uh, come into his own mm. and be a bit more more of what he likes to do, a bit more, you know, of himself. Yeah. Um, because I did have to just keep him a little bit, you know, reined in because of this and in the John Waite vein, you know, to uh, every now and again. Well, yeah, because it's it's the first it's the first album since John yeah. Waite, and we, so you kind of have to. You don't want to scare people away, or you don't want to be too out of the box. You exactly, gotta, you got to keep it a little bit. Exactly. And now, and as yeah. you continue, then you can stretch a little bit. Right. And John John Pazaha knew knew that, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I didn't really have to do much. But it, I would give him a few ideas, you know, and ask him to change some of the melodies and mm-hmm. stuff. But mostly, he's he just he's just got it, and I I think I chose the right guy. Well, I know I did. I think you did too. You know, I I love him to death, and we we're just uh, one unit now. And I know it's probably pretty boring for people to listen listen to uh, to me say, but we literally do love each other in terms of friendship. And well, you know, if it wasn't that, it would be the other way, and then you guys wouldn't uh, you wouldn't be you wouldn't make it. No, so because uh, I mean, I'm at the age now where I don't I don't want to argue with anybody. <laughs> I still, you like know, to, I still like to argue a little bit. Do you? <laughs> but uh, come maybe, on, let's, let's have an argument. A couple of years, maybe we'll, uh, <laughs> maybe I won't, I won't anymore. Before uh, before we go, I want to thank um, uh, Jen Mitchell, PR person for the babies, who helped set this up with me. Yeah, uh, thank you for answering my email. I oh, love that when I oh. email and then the person actually emails me back. I appreciate that. You're a gen- oh, you're an English gentleman. Thank you. Um, uh, Jen is. Uh, if I, it's been wonderful for mm. us, the babies, and uh, I've. Uh, t- she's working for me now as well as the babies, and uh, working on. You mean uh, to promote the? Yeah, the, promote the, the, my studio, studio yeah, Silver Dreams, and also myself. You know, because mm. uh, you need to keep reminding people. You know, otherwise they forget you. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, we're gonna play out with one more song. Do you want to? Uh, the babies. You can go to thebabiesofficial.com. Yes. Uh, you guys are you're on Twitter, yes, Twitter, and Facebook, and you know the whole, you got to do it. I've been doing it on my uh, by myself, but it's you know I'm mm. I'm great on the computer as far as music <laughs> goes, but when it comes to Facebook and I just don't have the time. But so Jen's been doing that. If you go to if you go to Facebook and Tony Brock, or if you go to YouTube, Tony Brock. Or you just Google Tony Brock. It's all going to come up, people. It'll all, it'll all come up. That's yeah. how I got you here. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and Tony, you're gonna, we're going to hook up, and you're going to get me uh, some signed CDs to give to our listeners, correct? I will. Absolutely. Excellent. Let's play out 
again, thank you, Tony Brock. Thank you for all the music with the babies and all the fantastic drumming with Rod Stewart. Let's play out with the title track. Let's hear a little of I'll Have Some of That. Thank you, Kyle. Thank, thank you, you, Kyle. It's not nice to meet you, buddy. Yeah. And thank you, Tony. <laughs> Too many questions, too little time Can't track the clues, can't go faster To find the catchphrase of life's grand design It's been said in dark places Or in the light with many insights Sometimes means love or other vices A doorway to someone's day Stand up, say it loud, take your swings Well, can you wind up, but now it's your turn at bat All that you have to do is repeat after me All systems go, make your sin Don't go too slow, pick up steam What you do, you're living the dream Stand up, say it loud, take your swings Participate, don't procrastinate your hate Modulate, reverberate, illuminate, translate Incorporate, concentrate, a demonstrate Ooh, I want some I want some of that I want some Some 